0: episode of the Brax McCoy show I sat down with my buddy Brendan O'Reilly he's a former UFC fighter he's an MMA coach he's a horse trainer he's a saddle maker a colt starter a cowboy and all kinds of cool stuff and for you ladies out there bonus he's from Australia so he talks in that fancy way that I know y'all like but before we jump into it some of you guys have been DMing me and messaging me and asking me how come your reviews have not showed up. Firstly, thank you for taking the time to write. them. am super cool. I appreciate all the support you guys have given me through buying my book and supporting this show. You guys are the best. But if you don't see your review right away, don't panic. Apparently, it takes 24 to 48 hours for those things to, po- uh, to populate. So if you don't see yours in two, three days, jump back on and give me another one, please. But before then, don't panic. Enjoy the show. bunch of y'all were asking for some more cowboy stuff so i figured what i'd do is hit up my friend brendan uh he does a lot of cowboy stuff in his own life he used to fight in the ufc he's a cult starter uh horse trainer he's from a lesser country you know he's just like one of these all-around guys hey, he's got to, don't hold that one black mark against him otherwise he's a pretty good <laughs> <cool> guy. <laughs> where's that accent from is that uh that's got to be like massachusetts or something it's
1: yeah i it's sometimes massachusetts in fact my fiance jessa often says that i got a boston accent but it's actually from uh oh yeah she says i'm either boston or new jersey but, uh, but yeah little does she know that i
0: snuck in from australia no it's awesome man uh we should sure love to talk to you and uh i had a girl on twitter ask me she she wants to know what the Uh, my favorite cult I ever started was she like wants to hear that story and Mm. you know I I mean everyone's got a bunch of them um, but what's yours man honestly uh, it's it's a funny
1: one because it's still kind of in in uh, what's in the pipeline or I guess you'd say but there's this horse um, that I that I started back home just before I ended up coming over to the states and uh, but I wouldn't, he never got all the way finished, you know, but he, uh, uh, because I'm here. So I'm actually, when the travel bans and all that, uh, goes away, I actually, I'm going to go back and visit my family and finish this horse off. He's, uh, he's for a a family member of mine, like a cousin and, uh, and, but he's just a super cool horse. Like, uh, he just, he's, uh, well bred as far as like uh, an Australian stock horse. He's, he's from a line called con man, which anyone who knows Australian stock horses, that horse is super well known. And, uh, they're pretty well known. The con man horses for, they kind of, they don't sell, su- they don't suffer fools lightly. So uh, <laughs> kind of like
0: a Hancock up here.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We're like, man, they're the best horses, but if you kind of, uh, are not stepping up to the plate, they will let you know. And, uh, He's exactly the same. He's so, he's so nice, man. I love, love this horse. Uh, I want to keep him for myself, but uh, I made the mistake. He was so good to start. I mean, cause he would run out with the cattle uh, when he was young, when he was like a yearling, like his whole life, he was just living out with the, with the cows and stuff. So when we would be out working cattle, he would be there trying, trying to help out on his own, like some sort of cow dog. And uh And so he got used to just us cracking stock whips around him and kind of, we would, we would ride right beside him. So he kind of got used to us being above him. So it was a lot Mm. of the starting got done. And then, so when I started him, he just kind of took to it like a duck to water. He just was fine. So I was out actually like working cattle, doing real simple jobs like to allow him to win within like the first five rides. And um, so he's just got that special, streak i think of just being uh you know being awesome but uh i made the mistake and this is you know you learn these lessons along the way uh i made the mistake of thinking man this this horse is awesome he's he's pretty easy and i forgot he had that con man in him where uh i said no no i, I gave him about two weeks off because i was away somewhere and i said no just just drive me out the back in the truck drive me out the back of the property and i'll saddle him up and i'll ride him back. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he, he'd probably had like 10 rides and he'd had two weeks off. Mm. And, uh, this was 400 acres away, uh, or maybe 300. And, uh, and I got out there, saddled, caught him, saddled him up. And he was with some of his buddies out there. And, uh, and I went to ride him home and man, he just let me have it. I, eh? and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> did, he, did he get you off? Yeah, dude. Yeah, it, was, it, it was down the side of a hill. Like I was already, it was probably a 45 degree decline I was on. And uh, and it was like all my classic getting bucked off stories, right? When I thought I had him, I didn't have him. Yeah, uh-huh. And uh, so anyway, I just, I caught him straight away and he was fine after that, but it was like his little, man, don't be an idiot, Brandon, don't be an idiot around me, you know? So I love him
0: anyway that's my long-winded favorite cult no it's not long-winded it's funny how similar it is i wonder if it's just like a colt starter thing because my favorite is probably this mare she's actually gonna have a baby here maybe today i went out and checked her this morning but um my cousin's husband bought this mm-hmm. horse actually off of my old man's ranch and he ended up moving up to idaho and he called me and asked if i'd starter for him and i said sure i'd love to he's the last horse my grandfather ever named before he died i'm just pretty cool horse and uh hancock horse oh yeah <laughs> so brings her over and you know mayor mayor to or philly to boot at the time and uh she started she okay so the first week sucked actually pretty bad but then yeah. after that she was i mean my my at the time 10 year old daughter was riding her around and just in the round pen and everything was good i mean she was just awesome she'd let you do anything i mean i could walk over over to my kid and let my kid crawl up my daughter my older kid mm-hmm. Crawl up and sit on there with me, and we just lope circles around the round pen. I mean, she was great. And then uh I used her for cattle for a minute, and then give her back. He was a thirty-day horse. That's what he wanted. Mm-hmm. So give him a thirty-day horse. And the spring comes around. He hasn't touched a horse, and I knew he had. Wow. He, you know, He's he said dead. he would, but I knew he wouldn't. So I go back and he can't even catch her. So he's got like this pasture behind his house and I go out there and she comes right up to me. Like as soon as she realized it was me, she'd come up, no problem. I caught her, led her over there. And I'm like, I don't know what your issue is, but you know, I don't have a problem with this horse. Well, then he puts her in a 12, maybe like 12 by 16 or so little, little stall. And she stays in there and gets chased around by dogs for like a mm-hmm. week or two weeks or so. And then she was kind of on the fight. On the fight. <laughs> Yeah. so he calls me and says do you want to buy this horse and i said shit i told you i did want to buy it so uh yeah you know he gives me a price i go over pick her up bring her back and i got to go to a brandon and i thought well, i'll just take her she's pretty she was a good rope horse when she left i'll just take her with me man i saddled her up and go to climb on and she bucked i'm not kidding man for like 35 seconds luckily she's not like real good at it she couldn't yeah off, but she she was giving it to me and then i thought well maybe i won't push you too hard so I went to the Brandon and, and just rode her through, you know, while other folks were roping, and just kind of spun the rope around, but never dallyed off on anything, just kind of exposed yeah. her to it. And then I left and then I come home and she bucked every time I got on her for 25 straight rides after that, Man. It, was, it was crazy. And then one day we finally just got, you know, we kind of got back together and everything I was always like, she'd start bucking and I'd start laughing at her. You know, my wife thought it was the funniest thing she'd ever seen, but um, mm. and so I probably didn't help because I i probably turned it into a little bit of a game by accident. A but, game, yeah. <laughs> but um anyway, then she kind of settled down. And now I mean you you'll she'll argue with you a little bit. She's just got that stubborn streak to her. Mm-hmm. But I would trust, I would even put my wife on her as long as you you know get a like get after her when she needs it. She's just the best horse. Well, now she's gonna be a mom, so she's a broodmare but yeah, yeah she, she ended up just awesome, like really awesome, like in fact one time a buddy and uh mine and i we were going up bear hunting and we got off the i mean we're going to this place i've been like gosh man hundreds if not even maybe a thousand well that would be an exaggeration. hundreds of times i've been to this place yeah and it was dark and we got off the trail and you know like um people who don't do a lot of it they always try to ride with a headlamp and it's the dumbest thing you can do because then your horse can't see you know yeah so like you got to leave your headlamp off and just kind of trust your horse and, and she was actually on the right trail and i started arguing with her i'm like "Bull crap, trails over here so i let it, you know forced her off the trail and then pretty soon we were spinning circles in these pine trees trying to figure out where the heck we were at yeah man and, uh, we, we end up just camping on the where we were at i i just said screw it and tied her up and you know fed her or whatever and, and then in the morning we get up we get all the way up to we we re, first of all we realized that where we camped, like some of the rocks that we pulled to make a fire ring were from the trail. <laughs> like that's how close we were oh, it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it
0: was it was absolutely absurd. Um but we get up to where we're going and then we realize my equipment bag with all my like audio and camera and all that stuff in it had fallen off somewhere. Oh, and so I leave my buddy with this super green colt. Um, up there, you know, at the camp, and I just jumped on her and take off. And she was, you know, fighting with me for a minute, but 20 30 seconds in, she's like, Okay, we got to go do this. And then she goes right down the trail, finds, and anyway, we find we end up finding the equipment bag right on the trail. But point being that she, like, once she settles down, she's like a, like a dog, gentle, like, best horse ever, but she's got that spunk in there. And it, uh, up here, they call it sting. I don't know what they call it down there, but uh it seems like every time i ask that question to a friend who starts colts, it's it's always the same it's always some horse that did something that really made them think you know um yeah like push their boundaries it's never like oh this horse was the very best uh, cutting horse i ever had it's it's you know it's it's never that it's not performance it's always something that changed you in a way if that, if yeah. that makes sense and
1: that, and, yeah and that's it and i think it's like having a it's like how you a good friend is going to say sometimes just go nah you're you're i don't agree with you there you know like they're not just a yes man Mm -hmm. and uh, i think it's similar with them like for me that horse for sure he he made me just be like hey listen you gotta you don't get ahead of yourself you know because i was treating him like you you know like a like a six-year-old horse and he was on like his 10th ride or something so i think and that made me value him as like you know what good on you for making me pull my
0: head in <laughs> uh, absolutely you yeah know, nah. at that that what you're saying right there 10 rides but feels like a six-year-old that that's the problem with starting outside horses for people they yeah. all want a 30-day horse and I give them back a 30-day horse and they don't understand what a 30-day horse is like I've got a guy who's a really good guy I think he's awesome mm. um good friend and everything but he's got this colt here with me and his daughter <laughs> it's for his daughter And it's basically a 30 day horse and he wants to put it right into posse with his daughter and it's a little horse and everything, but I worry about it. I mean, Oh yeah. I mean, that, that's the thing is,
1: uh, if people, if people think like anything that they do, so think of taking up a new, any new pursuit, right. And you do it for 30 days and you might enjoy it and want to do it more and all that, and, but you have a couple of weeks off and you're going to be clunky you know, and, uh, I know with jujitsu, right? Like I've been doing that for over 10 years and I've had an extended period, you know, a bit more of an extended period off up until now. And I got back and I was clunky, but I still had the foundations there, but that's 10 years. So that's the equivalent of, you know, like say, uh, like a 12 year old horse, maybe, you know, mm-hmm. but, uh, but then you, you go to, if you, if I could reverse time back to me, 30 days into Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, then you give me two weeks off or a week off or whatever more. I'm going to be terrible. Like you remember nothing. And I think uh, people don't, I don't think give enough credit for, yeah, a horse can come a long way in 30 days, but they can lose it pretty quick too. And uh, it's such baby, I, it, like uh, coming out of that, starting period whether it's 30 or 90 days or whatever that's like a kid finishing pre-k you know like preschool and uh and then then the real education begins and that's what i think what people don't give credit to is they've got to be the educator or if they're not if they're not in able to do it they've got to find someone who will and still take things slow and like you said with that other cult of yours that philly take them to like a branding but don't put them into the into the firefight right away, but at least get them there and, uh, you know, trailer them around and expose them to different stuff. But that's all, and like leaving them tied up for half a day, but you know, people don't want to, they only want to catch them and ride them when they need them, but catching one, saddling it and just leave it tied up for an hour or two and then it's all good education. And I think people don't give enough credit to that.
0: Yep. I think that's spot on, man. And it's, in fact, you said 90 days in there and I, I think if I ever start another outside horse, which I might not, I'm getting to the point where I don't have to anymore and I probably won't. But uh-huh. if I ever do it again, I won't I won't start a horse for anybody that's not a rancher that I know is going to put the horse straight to work as soon as they get it back yeah. or will give me at least 90 days. And even then, 90 days is really not, like you say, it's not enough. And then it, for the continued edu- education piece, you're really almost better off teaching the, the person than you are the horse.
1: Yeah, that's it. That, that's so true. Like I've, I've got a friend in Australia who's a really good cult starter, Paulie Daniel, shout out to him. And uh, he is really good at, in his business model, it's kind of like it's, it, I'm from the outside looking in, it's a, he's a cult starter, but really what he puts a lot of effort into is training the owners too. And uh and I think that's why he has so much success long term. Like the people take their horse home and they love their horse, and you see him years later with that horse. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because he puts the effort into that and has worked out how to do it. And I think it's pretty hard because you know, like horse management is a lot easier than people management. I think that's for sure.
0: So yeah,
1: yeah, you know,
0: yeah. That that makes a lot of sense to me, man, because the horses that I've had the most success with um, as far as the horse person relationship afterwards have been actually horses that I've sold even more so than horses that I've started. And it's because yeah. I always make them come out and ride them and spend some time, you know, um, yeah. if they need to take them for a week, take them for a week, whatever you got to do, but I want you to know what you're getting into. And so that's kind of the model I'm trying to transition to at this point, because mm-hmm. you worry, you know, this, this, it's such a reputation driven business. And a couple of bad experiences that are really the person's fault and not the horses or, or even the starters fault can make you look yeah. real bad, real fast. And you almost can't recover from that. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, it, yeah, it's such a, it's such a complex uh, it is a really complex thing. So people who want to, who like uh, buy a horse and want to follow a specific model or, or think that, horse a after 30 days is going to be like horse b after 30 days is uh is it's pretty it's very different so yeah i think that that would be the, that's the hard thing for someone like you as starting outside horses all the time is uh just uh, if people can understand that concept you know
0: yeah yeah and i i've actually got to where I, i'm not afraid to lose money if i can get someone to let me keep their horse for longer i don't even care because just to try to preserve the reputation part like i've got two coming back that i started last year uh for a tune-up and the guy just had hip surgery so he's going to be out for six or eight months and i'm like maybe i'll just keep these for you know four or five months i mean i don't care to feed them just to really get them going good for him because the last thing you want in the world is him to get on these big old half draft colts and you know have a problem yeah that's it and the truth is most people shouldn't be riding colts they really shouldn't and i'm i'm not trying to pretend to be like dwight hill here uh but you know they should be buying eight-year-old broke horses and it's kind of an ego thing i think
1: yeah oh definitely and i've already like (laughs) to myself like i've made a pact with myself too like uh i've obviously started colts and and uh but when i get older you know like consider myself old you know and more breakable uh i'm 100 percent gonna buy a nice going horse that's you know probably six plus years old i wouldn't i'd buy something in its teens even because i'm like at that age like i don't want to be getting into it's not getting into fights it's just more like the i just want to be able to get on and ride and i see um a lot of people in that sort of age bracket that I'm talking about and, and actually have a lot less experience with young horses and I'm not sure why they want to do it. You know? Yeah. Uh, I think it's a, I don't know if it's ego. I don't think with some of them, it's ego. I think it's like, they want to experience that part of the journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's it. like horse, horse breaking and colt starting has always been like this myth mystical sort of thing, you know? And, uh, and I think people always have that will always and have always had that fascination with how to how do some people do that and i think it's one of for people that are interested in horses i think it's one of those things that they at least want to be exposed to and experience you know in their lifetime but i think just getting a young horse and thinking you'll do it yourself even if you don't start it but maybe if you take it straight from the colt starter i think that's even a bit much for some people so I don't know maybe one day we'll work out an in between thing where people can kind of be exposed to it but they don't have to uh take the take that sort of risk.
0: Yeah, well, we're kind of working on that on the back end, but I agree yeah. with you. I completely agree with you and I think we're going to do some cool stuff with that. Uh Yeah. I, it's funny that you bring that up. My grandpa, he was gosh, he could hardly even walk at all. I mean, he was like 88 years old and he he was talking to us one day and he was you could tell he was not like an emotional type guy he was like a very charismatic funny guy but he was not one of these emotional emo type nerds Yeah. Um, but you could tell that he was realizing that he was like deep into the twilight years of his life and we were sitting around his fire in his house and he was saying how he the words that stuck with me forever is he said if i could just get on a horse i'll be okay and yeah. I think back on that sometimes like two years ago i tore my mcl and my meniscus on a colt and you know i had bills to pay so i sat out for like three days and then i just started getting back on colts and uh i was standing my daughter went with me to make sure i'd be you know if i got bucked off i'd be okay um so she was out there with me so she took a picture and i'm standing there leaning on a cane trying to use a cane to get up on this breaking colt, and the words that were going through my head is if I can just get on this damn horse, I'm going to be all right. You know, like yeah. once I'm there, yeah. I'm going to be okay. And, uh, um, yeah. you talking about being older makes me think about that. I've obviously I've got a lot of injuries and stuff. And, um, my wife and I were talking the other day and maybe it's time for me to start finishing horses instead of starting them and like find a younger kid to help get bucked yeah. off, and kind of pay <laughs> my dues kind of thing, you know? That's
1: it. Yeah. And that's it. That's it. i I've, I've been thinking about that myself. Like, for years away uh but it's still i'd like i think if i can get my head around it now and it's not like admitting defeat. it's like it's like uh being smart for where where you're at i think and uh and and going you know you can still contribute a bunch to that whole process with knowledge and working off another like man i can't I, a good uh like a going horse like a help horse when you're cult starting is so invaluable and uh you can be doing a ton of work off one of those and i think man that's this is the amazing thing about horses with how what a variety you can get as far as how their their disposition and their experience you can always find a horse to suit where you're at if you you know if you look so like even if i'm an old man and have to be winched up in the air to get on one you'll I'll be able to find one that's quiet enough to just cruise around on you know and uh and I know guys and I hear plenty of stories of guys too that they can barely walk on the ground but you put them on a horse and
0: you can't stop them you know yep. so, yeah so i knew uh, a cowboy like that when i was growing up yeah he was just like that he uh i was like 6 years old and we were it was the first time i'd ever went on an actual drive like this one's maybe 30 miles or so across these but it's well it's like a 30 mile line but you know it's going up and down and around every other way um if, like for anybody who's never pushed cattle it's it's you don't just it, it you don't just like walk in a straight line your horse if you're if it's a 30 mile day your horse probably did 50 by the end of the day yeah yeah so i was like six and i was he was riding drag this old guy and he goes come over here brax i'm gonna learn you how to cuss today um uh, but and he kind of did <laughs> but he was just like that man his name is bud he was a really neat guy and he could you know he shuffled around on the ground like he could hardly even he almost walked like the grandpa and king of the hill like he almost had no chance yeah, yeah. you know um but you got him up on he he rode this horse he called ronnie's red ron uh probably gosh probably 10 or so at the time um anyway he rode that horse and you got him up there and it was like he was right at home you know throw that old yeah. neckerchief over his nose and mouth and just eat dust all day long uh-huh. he yeah was a cool guy yep so and true. sometimes I, that that wisdom piece like you were talking about i think you know you got to be the guy that has that kind of wisdom because i know other guys that you know they get hurt pretty bad you get, you get bucked off in their 60s and get hurt real bad and then yeah. they can almost never get back on you know.
1: Yeah, that's it. I think just knowing when, and that's, that's hard. Like even me thinking about it one day for me, but, but also uh, I know just from like coaching my like in, in jujitsu where I do a lot of coaching is I used to not, I used to want to be the guy in the trenches doing it. And I obviously was too, when I was fighting and, and I still am a little bit and I'm the same, like, I don't want to tell someone I'll get on that horse. I want to be the guy getting on it, you know, but mm-hmm. I'm getting a lot more appreciation and understanding for the role of the guy who does the guiding and the helping and the like the coaching and you don't have to be that guy in the trenches you know and uh, if there's no one willing to do that like the coaching role and sit to the side and share their knowledge if if you're just like no i'll get on it you just wait there then there's no passing it on to the next generation so Whereas I used to think that it was kind of, kind of uh, selfish if I wasn't the one doing it, because you know I should be the one putting myself in the firing line and stuff. Now I think it's almost you know I I can see the benefit for others in just teaching. Not that I like I still don't consider myself at a point where I would want to be doing a lot of. Uh, You know, I'm not that guy that's the older guy that would sit and tell someone how to start a cult at all. Um, But in the fight game, I definitely see myself as that, you know, because I learned some pretty hard lessons that I wouldn't want others to have to learn the hard way. And same with cults. Like I've learned a few other, I've learned a few, but there's there's plenty, plenty, plenty of guys out there with way more than me. And I love being around those guys to keep learning them. Yeah. So, that's yeah. a really
0: profound point. And I, and I agree. I'm, I'm not that guy either. When people ask me a horse question, I generally say, find someone with gray hair and ask them. Um, yeah, yeah, That's how I feel, <laughs> but it is a profound point. And uh, in fact, this new book that I'm working on is all about uh, the history, uh, the cultural history of the West and how it changed and why it ended up the way that it did, which to me is like pleading and uh, almost gone. And I think that your, your point about um, the cowboy guy, not transitioning into the old man phase is really profound. And that's, I I think that that's why, cause I look around, I've been trying to hire a kid up here to help me for a long time. I hired one and he he was, you know, he was excited and eager and wanted to do it. And then he got bucked off once and decided that this wasn't for him and that's okay. I I don't judge him for it at all, but yeah. um, there's a bunch of old cowboys here that have started a whole bunch of horses and none of their kids are interested in it at all. And yeah. I honestly think it's because they never taught them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent.
1: Um, I, I'm, I consider myself really lucky. Uh, I mean, I've had a ton of great mentors in, in that area, in, in all areas of my life really, but it's talking about say horses and, and that sort of stuff. I've had plenty of great mentors, but there's one so so he's actually my dad's cousin to me to me he's kind of like an uncle figure but technically he's my dad's cousin right he's this he's a cattleman and he has been forever his whole life and he's 82 now Mm. and uh and i've been going to help him for years with like do cattle work and with his horses and that's the one i started that cult for and uh And the thing is with him, he's more than able. You'd think 82, you wouldn't believe it, but like he can do everything on his own. Him and him and like two dogs, and he's he doesn't need me there. So like with me there, he he basically is doing it to teach me, you know. And that's why um I man, I'm so grateful for it because I I I've seen him do the stuff on his own and I know he can um and obviously it always helps having a hand there but but it's just that it's like he understands that too like he understands that role of passing on the knowledge because someone passed it on to him mm. and uh and I consider myself really grateful and I think you're right about that. that is uh i guess maybe in the modern world things are so sped up with you know they're time based and people need to be on time to make money to get to the next job and whatever that they forget the that if we don't sort of try to slow down a bit and share the knowledge and teach people the, the, why they're doing it, not just the, what they're doing, that, that it might be lost, you know, in years to come. And that's something that I'm really, that's, that's kind of why I got into, I really love saddle making too because it's that art that I would hate to see die, you know, that uh, just the ability to create, take, take a piece of wood and, and a, a few sides of leather and you make a working piece of art that cowboys use every day. And, uh, obviously I learned that off old guys too. So
0: yeah, I'm really passionate about that. Sharing of the knowledge. What's so cool about your, your saddles, you and Justin Hawks, who I love, I ride a Justin Hawks saddle. It's nice. saddle I've ever owned, um, or a guy like Carrie Schwartz, who's a little bit more of an artisan, but is definitely a, a horseman too. Um, what's yeah. so neat about those is that you guys are guys, who have done it and still do it and so you so the saddle is a piece of art but it's actually functional you know like Mm -hmm. um the the d's are in the right place you know what i mean like for lack of a better way to put it uh whereas if you go to i don't know some i don't want to trash any saddle maker but some you know big company or whatever it's just you know there's no soul there you know yeah exactly yeah i agree (laughs) And that's, uh, I think that's
1: what I'd hate to see that die out. And that's kind of was my long-term goal. And it's kind of happened a bit earlier than I thought, but I just wanted when I'm older to be that old guy who can build a saddle and then share some tips with someone that I learned over the years and just keep that tradition alive for the sake of, uh, to me, I think it's an important thing for the world. Uh, yeah. And what you said about, you know, the guys building saddles that are using them, like Justin Hawks, um, uh, man that guy seems super cool i haven't met him but uh man he seems like one of the coolest guys
0: yeah and, and i only know him over text and phone and stuff so i you know i don't know him either but he does seem like a great guy and i'm really happy for him and and you guys both make awesome saddles and i, I actually still got to order one for me one of these days oh I've... thanks
1: yeah well, well what i want to do is because i know you want to build one i think we need to get like you me and justin and just hang out for a week or two and just build you build you one like we all be, we all just do it
0: that would be cool i'll have to I'll, to I'll have to hit him up and tell him that we're sitting here yammering about yeah. him on this show that yeah he doesn't so even know exists.
1: Justin, yeah justin you don't even know this show exists but you've just been signed up for <laughs> uh for hanging out and building a saddle right now
0: no it'd be really it would be really cool i this this new way you know a lot of people uh aren't going to know but the people that do do so this new wade tree that he built for me it's it's the nicest feeling on a rough horse saddle that i've ever had like when they start getting rough with me it just feels really good really really
1: good yeah nice i i might have to hit him up myself i i'm still getting used to i built like i built a wade and i liked it and uh but i'm so used i don't know if you've seen our saddles like australian stock saddles Mm -hmm. but they're like got real it is essentially like really undercut swells that uh, the a slick fork without any like bucking rolls i'm just like whoa <laughs> <laughs> i feel i feel a bit i don't know up there but i see so many good guys using them now and uh so i kind of think i just need to spend more time in there and just force myself to get
0: used to it you know how justin talked me into it because i used to ride swell Forks, not like yours but swell forks too yeah and uh he he said uh i, I was texting i don't want to repeat exactly what he said but he's texting back and forth and he was talking about how he took one of his swell forks to a ranch bronc and he covered the horse but the saddle beat the crap out of him you know just yeah. that it's so hard and then the he took it one of his wades that he made and he won uh the road he he won the ranch bronc and, and then he got off and uh ended up with a girlfriend and so <laughs> I, I was like okay. so
1: <laughs> yeah you're like okay i'm in i'm in too did he have like bucking rolls on it did he say yeah. or did
0: he okay yeah. he builds them oversized i i write oversized online that well that he made for me and it, he's like, right when they so start you
1: you mean the seat size you get a bigger seat size than usual Oh
0: no i'm sorry oversized rolls
1: um oh okay yeah awesome
0: yeah so it's still just a 15 and a half but it's got the the rolls are you know there's all kind of terms for those things that are not yeah. pc but um <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're yeah. bigger and uh the thing is when a horse starts getting real rough and you know when he really starts to buck they there's almost uh like they're grabbing you but or or you can grab lock into them a little bit if you need to but they're not fixed so they kind of give a little bit and it doesn't beat the tar out of your hips as much okay awesome
1: man i'm sold this is this is you this has been like a promotional uh (laughs) promotional call for wade saddles from you because yeah I'm (laughs) now i'm gonna go build one for myself
0: yeah i'm excited to see it because then i want to order one from you because i'm i'm converted to the cult of the wade Okay. I'm in. Wade saddles yeah. and six millimeter arcs. That's my call. <laughs> yeah, nice. Well, Very cool. thanks for jumping on on short notice, man. This is really fun. And we're going to do a bunch more because I always have so much to talk to you about. But um, I might have to end this one right here just because I've got my kids running around upstairs and I think they're getting into something.
1: Yeah, no, that's perfect time for me too. i got to get back and uh, try and not chop a tree down on myself right now. <laughs>
0: So <laughs> wish me luck. I'm going, all right, brother. Uh, tell everybody where they can find your saddles and all that stuff.
1: Oh yeah. So uh, if you check out on Instagram, uh, O'Reilly underscore Colt and saddle, uh, if you find it on there and you can check out like my personal page, which is uh, relentless underscore badger underscore UFC. And I'm sort of posting a fair bit on both of those, but definitely like uh saddle stuff. And, and custom leather work check it out on o'reilly and saddle and uh yeah thanks for having me on braxton it's always a good time and looking forward to the next one
0: yeah brother can't wait to talk to you again see you man
1: cool man thanks bye
0: yeah mate. guys just awesome i hope you enjoyed that uh as much as i did before we go i just want y'all to know that we are thinking about hiring a young kid to work for us starting colts and just doing some kind of general cowboy stuff and also help us pump some youtube and other social media so if you know a kid that's interested we can teach him both of those things and hopefully he's better at social media than me though all right if you know that kid hit me up i'm happy to think about hiring him take care (laughs) y'all